Hi there. Do you know that the reason why God gave us his spirit is so we can have direct access to him? If so, then it means you too can have fellowship with him at any time. Child of God, the spirit of God in you is not a decoration but rather a person you can relate with. However, for some people, God's spirit has been laying low and dormant simply because they have not taken time to fellowship with him. Would it be that you too are in this category? Well, do not despair. Join Idara Obong as she takes you through on how you can cultivate an ever-growing fellowship with God's gift to you, his spirit. Listen attentively to all that will be shared and be sure to put it all in practice. Hello everyone. Thank you so much, sir, for this opportunity. It's such an honor and a privilege and I don't take you for granted at all. And I'm truly grateful to God for all that he's using you to do in the body of Christ. So thank you once again, sir. So today we're going to be talking about how you can cultivate a growing fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And this is one of my favorite topics because my understanding of this topic literally changed my life. Right? So I moved from being just a random Christian who goes to church um, and does um, things in such a routine way to one who started to actually experience the reality of the Holy Spirit and, you know, experience all that he had to offer. So I'm glad to be sharing this topic with you today. So first of all, who is the Holy Spirit? That's where we are going to start from. Because you need to understand um, who the Holy Spirit is in order to cultivate a growing fellowship with him. Right, so I'll be reading from John 14, 16 to 17. Jesus spoke about him. He was about to die and he was talking to his disciples, um, telling them quite a number of things. And you know, they are quite sad and worried like, you're the one that has been with us. If you go, what's going to happen to us? So in John 14, 16 to 17, this is what he says. He says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So he introduces someone that he calls the comforter. And he says, he will abide with you forever. He will abide with you forever. Right. And he says, he dwells with you and shall be in you. So he's going to live in you. Right. Now, some people may be saying, oh, but he said the comforter. Right. Um, how do we know he's the Holy Spirit? Well, verse 26, seeing John 14. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto, unto you. Right, so now he clarifies. This person that is coming is the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost. So he's going to lead you on the journey that you're going to be walking. So the Holy Ghost is a gift from God to the believer. 
as the result of being saved, believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. The Holy Ghost is a gift of God to the believer. So the Lord will not have the believer walk alone. This is so important. The Lord will not have the believer walk alone. He has given his spirit. He has given his spirit so that the believer can walk effectively in him. Let's see another scripture. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Right. So we see again. Right, that when a man believes, when a man hears the gospel of salvation and then he believes, he is sealed with the Holy Ghost. He is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you put a seal on a document, you know, it, it confirms that the document is authentic. And for you to remove that seal, you literally have to destroy the document. So when it is said that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, it means that you have him forever. He's God's gift to you and God is not going to take him back. And you see, in those scriptures that we've read, we see the definite article, he. So he's not um, an article or something you say it's, right? He's a person. He's a person. You can hear his voice. You can sense his presence. You know, Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Spirit of God, grieve not the Holy Spirit, with whom you are sealed until the day of redemption, right? So he can be grieved. He's a person. And that's very important. So at the point where you got saved, you had the Holy Spirit from that moment. He's God's gift to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so um, I had to clear this. Because you must understand that God has given me a gift that is going to work with me through life. You know, and I must embrace all that he has come to give. I must embrace everything that he has to offer. So, I'm going to make an illustration that I like to give when I'm talking about um, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because I feel like it captures... um, it captures an understanding that is very much needed. So we have said that the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? That's what Jesus said. He will dwell in you, right? Now, imagine if you are living in a house with somebody and you're going to live in your house with the person forever, right? And all you do with the person, when you wake up, you just pass by. You don't greet the person. You don't say hi. Let's assume that... Um, you're just angry and bitter towards the person, so you just behave like the person does not exist. The truth is, <laughs> if you're a normal human being, at some point, there's something that would trigger a conversation with that person. Because human beings are disposed to converse. So, if you have a consciousness in your mind that the Holy Ghost lives in me, I am his temple, then you should be able to consciously 
build a fellowship with him. Consciously build your relationship with him. Do you understand? Because he lives in you. He lives in you. So this knowledge makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. And yes, I'm, you know, I'm going to spell out clearly some things that you should know that will really help you, you know, grow your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But I need you to just be conscious. Sometimes you have to wake up in the morning and say, I have the Holy Ghost. He lives in me. I carry the presence of the Father. You know, I can hear from Him. I can perceive Him clearly. I know when He's speaking to me. My ears are sharp. My eyes see clearly. Do you understand? Sometimes you have to say those things to yourself. Because that's what the Word says about you. So two things to note um, about cultivating a growing fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Number one, God wants it more than you do. God wants you to cultivate a growing fellowship with the Holy Spirit more than you do. This is so critical because, you know, the Bible says that God works all things after the counsel of his will. So if God desires a thing for you, your job is to yield to it. Do you understand? You don't want it more than God is wants it. No matter how hungry you are to grow your fellowship with the Holy Ghost, God wants it more than you do. It's his desire for you. It's his desire for you. And it's so important to know this. It's his desire for you. Alright? So that, that should be like a game changer for you. Because, you know, if you are struggling for something that you were not sure, you know sometimes you know, some people are praying and they're like, this is safe. Is it God's will? Is it not? You can, you can, you know, you can shake your prayer a little because you're not sure. You're like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> But when you know that something is God's will, there's a different confidence with which you go after it. So if God wants you to have such a vibrant fellowship with the Holy Ghost, come on now. Everything is at your disposal. So that's the first thing to know. Number two, I've said this before, but I want to um, sit on it a little, bring it to your consciousness. Um, a little more you are God's temple if you are saved as long as you believe in Jesus Christ you are God's temple and it changes everything it changes everything it changes everything you are God's temple so if you are God's temple it means that you have the Holy Spirit living in you forever right it means that all that the Holy Spirit has you have it means that you have the capacity to have a growing fellowship with the holy spirit you have the capacity to hear from him you have the capacity to see the visions that he would inspire you have the capacity to to sense his presence you know you have the capacity to work with him because God is not going to give you something, or in this case, someone that you cannot do anything with. He's not a waster of resources. 
So if he has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, then he has given you all the capacity that you need to grow a thriving fellowship with him. So important. So you need to keep this in your consciousness because if you feel like you don't have something, you're not going to use it. If you don't know that you have money in your account, you're not going to spend it because you don't know. So if you know that you have the capacity to have a thriving fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then you're going to go all out for it. Or you should go all out for it. Right. I like to say that if the Lord has given you certain things, certain gifts, it will be a disservice to waste it. It will be a huge disservice to waste it. So there must just be that consciousness that because the Lord has given me this, you know, I should, I should actually um, work with it. Glory to God. Wow. Okay. So how do I build a relationship with the Holy Spirit? How do I grow my fellowship with Him? Can I say this? You're not being... How do I say this? Um, you're not being introduced to the Holy Spirit as if He just came from heaven now. No. He has been in you since. You've probably not been so conscious of His person. Or, you know, you've not been given to the things that you, you should do, which I'm about to talk about. Right. So, um... Just have the consciousness that, oh, I have the gifts of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. And I just want to step up my fellowship with him. So, if we have a scale of 1 to 10, and today you're on a 3, right? You want to go to a 7, to an 8, to a 10. Do you understand? So, number one thing to know about building a growing fellowship with the Holy Spirit is knowledge. You need knowledge. You need to know what and who you have in Christ. You need to know what and who you have in Christ. You must know. If you don't know, you're not going to act accordingly. So this is why the word is very important. And um, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. And from verse 16, or let me say from verse 15, he says, He's not to give thanks to God for you, making mention of you in my prayers, right? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So Paul is praying that they actually grow in knowledge of Christ. He says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know that you may know, you may know, right? So there's a knowing that you need. You may know the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the things. So if you're going to walk in the fullness of all that God has given you, you have to know all that God has given you. You must know it. 
and it must come you must come to a place where your conviction is so strong that you have no choice but to reflect what the word says about you so knowledge is very important study about him the bible says he will reveal christ to us so he has such a such an important ministry in our lives if you are going to know Christ and all that he has done for us, if you are going to walk in all that the Lord has called us to walk in, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We need him. So you cannot just live your life, you know, clueless about what God has offered to you in Christ Jesus. No, you have to know. The word is important. Paying attention to your pastor is important. Study is important. Knowledge is key. If you don't know, you won't act like someone that has something. Right. So, knowledge. Number two. This is a very interesting point. (laughs) What does it take to build a growing fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Priority. Priority. Ah. Let me deflect a little. So in, you know, in the little time I've worked with God, I've had to meet believers or sometimes people I'm discipling or just average Christians maybe on evangelism and I'm talking to them and I'm like oh so how's your relationship with God and they're like ah it's just there and they're like I'm like why what's going on and they're like I'm busy I don't have time um you know there's so much work to do and I I understand that I quite understand that I mean Life gets busier by the day. But I also like to ask, okay, do you go on social media? Yes. Do you just randomly with friends? Yes. Do you maybe play games on your phone or your laptop or something? Yes. You know, do you hang out with people? Yes. Are you sure that you truly do not have time for God? Because many times it's simply a priority issue. It's simply a priority issue. And I'm going to tie this point to another, which is giving time. You must decide to make God your priority. It's a conscious decision. It doesn't happen by mistake. Because the world has been designed to distract us. That's the designation of the world. So if you don't consciously make a decision that fellowship with the Holy Spirit is going to be of utmost priority to me, you would easily get distracted from it. It's just what it is. So 
in in making that fellowship your priority you are even if you have to draw a timetable you do that you say from 6 to 7 a.m i'm going to sit down you know and spend time with the holy ghost and i'm going to talk about how you can do that soon then you can say oh from 9 to 10 p.m i'm going to sit down and do some things do you understand you can you can create an intentionality that regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of how crazy things are, nothing will play with that time with the Holy Spirit. It's an intentional decision. And even when you have maybe random phases in your life where maybe your schedule has changed, you can't use the timetable you're using before, you can always sit down to re-strategize to say, well, this is a priority to me. So, where can I put it? Because it has to happen. And you can come to a point where fellowship with the Holy Spirit is such a lifeline to you. You cannot do without it. That you don't play with it at all. You can come to that point. So, it's a priority thing. You have to set priority in that direction. You have to set priority in that direction. Now, in setting priority, we'll tie it to the concept of time. When you've decided that, oh, every single day, I'm going to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Then you must make time for Him. And I'm not even saying spend six hours a day. Right? But in the time you spend with Him, Ensure that your focus and attention is there. Remember what I said earlier. We live in a distracted world. You don't even have to go far to be distracted. You only need to pick up your smartphone and go to one of the social media um, apps and you're off. Right? But you can also be intentional about ensuring that the time that you have with the Holy Spirit is not disturbed. You're not going to touch your phone. If possible, you're going to, you know, be in an enclosed place where you can actually concentrate. So that's very important. So make fellowship with the Holy Spirit a priority in your life and give time for it. On days where you're free, you can go, you know, more time than you will normally. So if on a normal day you're using 30 minutes because of work or whatever else you have to do on a day when you're free like maybe a public holiday or a weekend you can say i'm going to give three hours three hours do you understand number three and this is still tied to priority separation to spiritual activities so when I give time, when I set a time to spend with the Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do in that time? That's what this point talks about. What am I supposed to do in that time? It's simple. The word, prayer, and worship. The word, prayer, and worship. So... You must give time to the word. 
you must give time to prayer and you must spend time in worship. These three things are so important and they cannot be overemphasized. They cannot be overemphasized. So imagine you get into your room, you planned you were going to spend time with the Holy Spirit, 9 to 10 p.m. So you have songs playing, songs that speak about love of God in Christ Jesus, what he's done for you. And, and you're just worshipping, your heart focused on him and all of that. You're just worshipping and then um, you start to just pray. You start to pray in the Spirit you know, you start to pray in the spirit, you're praying in tongues and you're worshipping. And then, you know, after a while, you spend time studying the word or listening to a message. And you do this consistently every day. Come on, come on now. Your relationship with him will be so vibrant and it will be evident. It will be evident. So you must give time for this. You must give time for this. So we see that it was a culture in the, in the church, right? Acts 2, I mean the church was just really starting out. Paul had just preached a sermon, sorry Peter had just preached a sermon in Acts chapter 1. Got to 3,000 people saved, you know. And sorry, in, in Acts 2, <laughs> got in th- um, 3,000 people saved. And then the Bible says they came together to pray, to study the word, and to break bread. Acts 2 42, I'm paraphrasing. So it was a culture in the early church. If it was a culture in the early church, then we must know that the culture does not change because we are orthodox. We stay with the culture that the apostles set for us. It hasn't changed. If they needed to spend time in prayer, if they needed to spend time with the word, and if they needed to spend time in worship, the culture has not changed. We do same. We do same. Sometimes Paul is writing and he's saying, um, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. He's saying, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16 The culture has not changed. The culture has not changed. So you have to be particular about this. You have to be particular about this. So in that time, you've set a priority, you set a time. In that time, commit yourself to spiritual activities. There are times you'll just be praying and your atmosphere is just filled with the glory of God. There are times you're just listening to him, he's speaking to you and you're writing. And because you have stayed in, you know, that atmosphere long enough, it's easier to hear his voice. You don't have the distraction of your flesh. You start to, and you see, let let me say quickly, um, say something quickly. Fellowship with God is a journey. It's just like when, if you meet someone today and they say, hi, uh, my name is Idara. And the person says, hi, my name is Joy. Right, and we start talking like, oh, you know, we talk, 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 and then we we continue to talk for days, 
for weeks, for months. There, there will come a time that Joy will call me and immediately she speaks. Even if she calls me with a number I don't know, I'll say Joy. Because I know her voice. I've spent enough time with her to know her voice. Do you understand? The same thing happens and I'm just, you know, I'm just stylishly trying to answer people that will say, oh, but I, I don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how he communicates with me. If you spend enough time with him, if you spend enough time in spiritual activities, you'll get to know how the Lord communicates to you. You would, the inward witness will become clear to your heart. The visions will become clear to you. So it's a product of time and what you do with that time. So sometimes just enter your room and get music playing. Sometimes it's just a powerful instrumental that is playing and you're just praying in the Holy Ghost. But separation to spiritual um, activities is very important. The final key that I'm going to say is consciousness. Is consciousness. You see, because he's a spirit, it is very easy to lose track of his presence in your life. Because you see, we are easily enamored with the physical right so it's very easy to lose track of his presence in your life but consciousness makes all the difference in the world the people that have a stronger fellowship with the holy spirit are usually much more conscious about his presence so they speak to him they hear from him but somebody else may go through the entire day without even having a conversation with the Holy Spirit simply because they are not conscious that he's present. So consciousness is key. He lives in you. That's why I said earlier, there are mornings you wake up and you start to say, I have the Holy Ghost. He lives in me. I'm a carrier of his presence. I can hear his voice. Do you understand? It's just you making your mind aware that there's a gift that God gives to me. And I value his presence. That quickens consciousness in you. That quickens consciousness in you. If my friend walks into the room and I'm not aware that she's there, I'm not going to talk to her. But if I know she has walked in, I'm like, oh, how are you? Do you understand? Consciousness consciousness now let me also say this so there's this mindset that people have that everything about god is um strictly spiritual aka god is interested only in my spiritual life so when they are talking to god <laughs> they don't talk to him about everything if it has to do with prayer, the word study, they are there. But when it comes to a career or, you know, even relationship, you like a guy, God, God is not interested. It's not true. He's your father. He lives in you by his spirit. So he's interested in every area of your life. So part of the ways you can cultivate a going fellowship with the Holy Spirit is, 
is to actually talk to him about everything. He knows, yes, but it's just what it is, fellowship. So it's okay to go to God and say, I feel confused. I need your wisdom for this issue. Do you see? It doesn't matter what the issue is. God is interested in the most random thing in your life. As long as it is you, he's interested. This is the love of God for us. Oh, glory to God. This is the love of God for us. As long as it's you, he's interested. He's that father that wants to see you prosper in every area of your life. So he's willing to be involved in every area of your life. And so part of cultivating that fellowship with him is, you know, relating with him about every area of your life and trusting his impute, trusting the wisdom that comes from his spirit. And so when you make this, you know, I think I should even add one more point. Because this one is where people struggle with. So I've said, let me just recap what I've said. Point number one on building a going fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I said knowledge. You need knowledge. Point number two, I said priority. You must make it priority. And then I tied it to time. I said if you have made it priority, then you have to intentionally give time to it. And then point number three, I said separation to spiritual activities. Right? And... Um, that means that in that time that you've said you have to invest, it's not enough to just say, oh, I set 9 to 10 p.m. What are you doing in that time? Right? And we talked about the word prayer and worship. And I must say this, you know, even though I didn't mention it earlier, um, sometimes you just have to come away by yourself. You don't, you don't always have to be with people. Do you understand? There are times that you just separate yourself to be with God. It's a powerful thing. Very powerful. There are times you just separate yourself to be with God. You just enter your room. You you know, I, I like to sit on the floor sometimes. So I just sit on the floor. I cross my legs. I have maybe heal some music playing. My hands are lifted up. I'm singing in the Holy Ghost. Beautiful time. Beautiful time. I'm just lost there. I'm just, oof, I'm, I'm dwelling on God's love. I'm giving, you know. And, wow. It's just a beautiful thing. Right? So you don't always have to be with people. Sometimes come alone. Come away alone. Right? And then we spoke about consciousness. We spoke about consciousness. And then finally, I'll say this, consistency. Consistency. I've heard ministers say this, and it has such a powerful implication. The person that spends 30 minutes every day with the Lord will do much better in fellowship than the one that doesn't pray for six days and then on the seventh day prays like six hours. You know that thing they used to tell us in school? Little drops of water make a mighty ocean. Yeah. Be consistent about your time of fellowship. 
be consistent. So, you know, sometimes we make a mistake because maybe we're used to, let's say, spending one hour. And then on a particular day, you have just maybe like 10 minutes. You're just like, no, 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 no. I can't do 10 minutes. I'm going to wait till when I have time for one hour. No. No. Go spend that time with him. And then there are even other times that you're driving and you're having fellowship. You're walking on the road and you're having fellowship. Do you understand? You're walking on the road, you're praying the Holy Ghost, sometimes you're singing. Do you understand? You're having fellowship. What matters in those moments, especially when you may be slightly busy, you're cooking in the kitchen or you're having your bath or something, right? What works in those moments is consciousness. So you are just conscious that he's present with you. So consistency is very important. Show up every day. Don't wait until you have a time to go stretch and then no, 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 don't do that. As stretch prayer is important, very. But make a consistent habit of having daily time with him. Make a consistent habit of having daily time with him. And I know consistency is where people struggle a lot. So I'll say number one, set a structure, like I said, put a specific time to it. Um, also have accountability. So if it's a mentor or your friends, someone that's going to be asking you as often as possible, oh, how is it going? And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to embarrass yourself. So you show up and yeah. So set accountability also. Set alarms. Yeah, set alarms. When your alarm rings, you look at it and the label there is time with the Holy Spirit. And you, you're able to um, have that time with him, you know. So uh, these are the things that are very instrumental to building a relationship or building or cultivating um, a growing fellowship with the Holy Spirit. These things are important. We see the apostles give time to this. We see the church give time to this and even when we read the episodes we see them talk about prayer we see them talk about you know the word we see them emphasize on it in luke chapter 6 verse 12 we see let me even read it directly because i don't want to paraphrase this particular one i love the way luke wrote it so i think i want to read it directly luke chapter 6 verse 12 and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. He continued all night in prayer to God. So when you read through the Gospels, you see Jesus separating himself a lot. And you can see the effect in his life. So there's, you know, there's such a loud emphasis on it. So um, I've tried to make it as practical as possible because i'm not so crazy i love theory but i don't like theory that cannot be practicalized so you can put these things to practice you can sit down you know pray about it intentionally make it a priority in your life or from today this is what i'm going to do by this time i'm going to spend time with the holy spirit when i come in i'm going you know i'm going to pray i'm going to listen to worship songs and i'm actually going to let my heart you know, sing out that music also and um, 
you know, I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to spend time with the word. I'm going to build a consciousness. If you have to write confessions down in a journal that you'd say every morning, if that will help you, do so. If you have to paste it in your room, no problem, do so. If you have to record yourself saying the confessions, oh, I have the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will never leave me. The Bible says he abides in me forever. You know, you can write all of those things and say it to yourself and then um, be consistent. Be consistent. Set a structure that allows you to show up every time, right? So I, I trust this blessed you. As it blessed me, because even as I was speaking, I, I felt so blessed. Um, I trust this blessed you. I trust that um, you cultivate a deeper fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every single person who is listening to this. And I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you've given to us as believers. And I thank you for your desire that you've made known to us, your desire that we walk with him. And Lord, for every single person that hungers for a growing fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I'm asking that they walk in it in all fullness, in the name of Jesus. They are, they are held by the hand. They are able to yield to all that you have called them to do and to be in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for strength to resist distractions and actually give priority to what you consider priority. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey there, it's another Friday and you know what that means. We are doing some Jesus Talk on Revealing Jesus podcast with me, your presenter, Gift Victor Kafunda. So today we're going to be answering the question, is God at a particular frequency which man has to tune into every day or every uh, particular time they want to hear God? Do you have to come up hither in the spirit for you to hear the Lord? So stick around and listen to the whole recording so that you can learn what we're going to be talking about today. The voice of God, hearing him, frequencies, times, and all that is all that we're going to look at in, in this particular podcast. So yeah, is it really true that God speaks at particular times that men must tune in or God speaks from a particular frequency like a radio station and then if you are not tuned into that frequency you will not hear the voice of god is that true so i will be showing you by the uh word of god how exactly or what exactly it means to hear the voice of god and i will also be talking to you about whether you've been hearing the lord or not so stick around so now um, I've heard a lot of people say God speaks from a particular frequency or at a particular frequency, maybe he speaks at 106.1. And if you're not tuned into that frequency, you will not hear him. You know, just like a radio presenter or a radio station will have a particular program, special program at a certain time. If you have not tuned in at that particular time, then boom, you've missed out. Is that how the Lord works? Is that how the voice of God works? So I will take time to show you 
from the scriptures a few accounts that or from which we can actually learn about God's voice and why exactly some people have always said they've never heard the voice of God. Now, I want to ask you a question as we begin. Do you think the Lord can speak and you will not hear? Do you think God's voice is so delicate that you can't actually hear it except you are at a particular spot? And you see, whenever we talk about this, it brings to mind something that is so cardinal. That when it comes to the voice of God, is it about his voice or about your hearing? Do you get me? And you're going to uh, understand what I mean by this later as we go on. Is it about the loudness of his voice or is it about the, um, in court, the availability of your ears to hear, to listen to what the Lord is saying? Okay, like I said, you're going to understand what I mean as we go on or go further into this study. So now, um, at the side of your note, I want you to write, um, has God ever spoken to me and I didn't hear him? Has God ever spoken to me and I didn't hear him? I'm going to answer that question in this particular teaching. So now... One of the things that you also have to realize is that God is sovereign, right? And that God will always choose to speak to us in whatever way he wills, okay? The very fact that he's sovereign means he has the authority, he has the right to do as he pleases. And so we as his children have a responsibility and the responsibility obviously is not on is not to determine how God is going to talk to us. Is not to say I must God must use the audible voice to speak to me. God must use circumstances to talk to me. God must use people to to talk to me. He will talk to you in whatever way he chooses to talk to you. And the sooner we realize this, the better. Because many people have actually been waiting for the Lord to talk to them in a particular way, and it seems as though God is not just using that way. You see, growing up in the things of God, I only knew one aspect of God's communication method, and that was the audible voice. And not because God had been speaking to me uh, via the audible voice, but because I heard, you know, from people how that he was speaking to them. And whenever most of the people would talk about having conversations with God, it was, they made it look like, or they used to say, I, I, I shouldn't say um, they made it look like, but it always came out as though God spoke to them audibly. So my expectation all the time was that I should hear God audibly. Okay, I should hear God audibly. And so I went on with my Christian life always expecting to hear a voice in my ears and that voice never seemed to come. So let's ask ourselves this question here. Would God speak and you will not hear? Simply because you didn't tune in. Would he speak and you didn't hear? 
So now, let's take a look at a few examples in the Bible from where we can actually pick out certain things. Remember, I made a statement where I said, God will speak to us in whatever form he chooses. And so, if God decides or if God speaks in that manner, then it simply means the ability to hear him is not dependent on his voice, but on us. Okay? The ability to hear the Lord is not dependent on his voice, but on us. In short, what I mean is that God will not whisper to you in such a way that your spirit must be calm at all times for you to actually know that God is speaking. He will speak to you in ways that you will hear. Okay? He will speak to you in ways that you will hear. Even if, listen to me, even if your spirit in court is clustered, there is so much noise. He will speak, you will hear. Okay, and I'm going to show you from the Bible what I mean by that. You know, because for some people now, it, it looks as though they've never actually heard the voice of God all their lives. All their lives. Now, there's a story in the Bible. There's a story in the Bible which is so popular. I know you know it. And uh, we're going to begin with that story to help us explain if at all, you know, it's about the frequency. If at all, it's about your inavailability to God at the times that he actually communicates. Are you present at the times when the Lord is speaking? Are you tuned in at the time when the Lord is speaking. So, I will read um, a portion of scripture for you, and then we take it further from there. From First Samuel chapter 3, sorry, first, yeah, First Samuel chapter 3, and let me just start from verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, Messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed, so he did. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to 
Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Now, this is so beautiful, right? We're looking at a young man called Samuel, who obviously went on to be a prophet. But the first time he will have an encounter with the Lord, we see some things that, that you know, is worth noting and something we can actually learn from. That the Lord called Samuel and Samuel didn't know the Lord was calling him. Now, before we get to talking about the Lord calling Samuel and Samuel not knowing, we want to see something there that actually Samuel who didn't know that the Lord was there, because the Bible has told us to say Samuel didn't know the Lord. Samuel didn't know the Lord, but he hid the Lord. Do you get? So in short, if Samuel did not know the Lord, it also means that Samuel was never at any time at a frequency where he could hear the Lord, if at all there is anything called frequency. Do you get? Because it takes a person that knows that God speaks from a particular frequency for them to know or for them to be at that particular frequency at the time when the Lord will speak. Do you get my point? So now, if Samuel did not know the Lord, how did he know that there was a frequency at which the Lord speaks from? And not only uh, should we um, try to know how he, know, he, he, he came to know about the frequency, but how did he know the particular time God in court broadcasts his voice? So that in itself tells us something that, you see, no matter who you are, in fact, let me put it this way, no matter who you are, whether saved or not saved, when the Lord speaks, you will hear. Do you get? When God speaks, you will hear. So it is not about whether God is speaking or not. Again, we're going to see that from this account. It's not that um, uh, whether God speaks or not, Samuel again teaches us something. He hears the voice of God three times and three times he goes to a man, right? And of course, the Bible has already made us to understand that Samuel didn't actually know the Lord. So for him, whatever voice he heard, whatever, you know, call he heard, it was man. Jiget. It was not until Eli taught him that, oh, actually there is a God that speaks. And so he's the one that is calling you at this particular time. So now, Samuel's story teaches us to say, I said, when God speaks, you will hear. No matter what level of spiritual growth you are, you will hear. Jiget. Now, there are two different um, things here. There is the hearing part, right? And then there is the discerning part. 
Okay, there is the hearing part and there is the discerning part. Remember I said God is sovereign and he will speak in whatever form he chooses to speak. So God will speak in whatever form he chooses to speak. Man's duty is to discern the voice of God, which Samuel did not discern the first time. Do you get the point? So I said at whatever or wherever you may be, as in frequency-wise, when the Lord speaks, you will hear. But the issue in most cases is the discernment. Do you get? Is the discernment. Do you understand that? We can actually see that God speaks in and uh, whether, whether you are a Christian or not, you would be able to hear him. You know, uh, in, in Acts chapter 9, we have a guy called Saul who was on his way to actually persecute the people of God. The Lord spoke. Do you get? And he heard. Praise God, he descended. Right? So, you see that it is actually not an issue of hearing. It is not an issue because I said already that when the Lord speaks, you will hear. And listen, let me make mention or let me say it right at this point that you've actually been hearing the voice of God. Do you get? Remember what I said? That when it comes to hearing God, it is not really about the loudness of his voice. It's not actually um, the duty of God to make you hear because whenever he speaks, you will hear. The challenge, the issue in most cases has been your level of discernment. Do you get it? Your level of discernment. So, in other words, we can actually say Whatever way God chooses to speak to us, we will always hear. Okay? We will always hear. Whatever way he chooses, even when he chooses to use pictures, he chooses to use life circumstances, he chooses to use men, we will hear. The issue is always to discern. And that's one of the most um important lessons we draw from Samuel's life that the Lord spoke to him and Samuel did not discern. And it also teaches us to say you are trained to discern. Right? Let me show you another instance in the Bible. Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1. Exodus chapter 3 and from verse 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He laid the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stood in amazement, though the bush was engulfed in flames. It didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. Let's pause here for a minute. Did Moses realize that the burning bush was something supernatural? Sure he did, right? He saw that 
you know, there was a bush that was burning, but the trees or the plants, the grass were, were not being consumed. So that in itself was a picture of something supernatural. But the question is, did Moses discern that it was actually supernatural? No, he didn't. Okay, he didn't. And so Moses says, this is amazing. Why is that, isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see. Do you get it? So now, this is an 80-year-old man who, for all his life, we have not been told whether he heard, he has ever heard the voice of God. But the first time we are being told that Moses has an encounter with God, Moses actually gives attention. See, that's actually God, right? The Bible tells us to say, the voice of, um, uh, sorry, uh, an angel appeared to Moses. Okay, and remember what I told you, I said whatever form the Lord chooses to speak to us, whether in visions, whether in uh, whether using his voice, still small voice, you will hear. The question is, do you discern? So at that particular time, Moses did not discern that this was supernatural. It was just something that was amazing to him. But he actually could see it. So if God chooses to show you, you will see it. The question is, did you discern it? Did you realize that it was God? So now, Moses, after seeing it, what does he do? He says, I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come close any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. So now Moses realizes after the voice of God, the audible voice of God, that, hey, it's actually the Lord talking to me. That's actually the Lord. Do you see? So even for many of us, this happens to us, that the Lord will appear to us. The Lord will show us certain things. We will have dreams. Do you get? We will have inclinations. We will have impressions. But we don't discern. Get. We don't discern. So listen, the issue is not the voice. The issue is the discernment. And that's why uh, I've always said, you see, we hear the Lord, but we just don't discern his voice. We hear the Lord, but we just don't discern his voice. Because the Lord cannot speak. Whether you are saved or not, cannot speak and you will not hear his voice. No, that's not true. That's not true. Do you get? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever in your life um, heard something and then you were like, oh, something said to me. Oh, this thing that has happened today. I had a feeling three days ago that something like this is going to happen. Have you ever had those experiences? That was the Lord. You just didn't discern it. Do you get You just didn't discern it. So that's where the whole matter lies. Discernment. Discernment. 
because God cannot speak and you will not hear. And you see, even in the Old Testament, the people that went on to be technocrats, when it comes to the voice of God, most of them started this way. They heard God the first time. They didn't realize. Joseph, the same thing. At the age of 17, the Lord speaks to him in a dream. Joseph didn't realize it. And he goes about publishing what the Lord had said and all that. And then years later, after the Lord brings him into the palace, he now realizes to say, that was the voice of God. And all these things that had been happening, God was working behind the scene. So even in the dreams that we have, God speaks to us. The discernment is the issue. The discernment. And the good news is that this, you grow in discernment. You grow in discernment. Do you get? You grow in discernment. The more you respond to the voice of God in whatever form it comes, the easier it becomes for you to grow. Do you get? Because one of the most important truths that you should realize is that the Lord, the Lord's voice will always be heard. Right? It will always be heard. Remember Samuel, speak for thy servant is listening. That's where the problem is. So because we've not learned to discern the voice of God, we cannot listen when the Lord is speaking to us. So, like I said, God will speak in whatever form, and whenever he speaks, you will hear him. The Bible says you will hear a voice behind you saying, you will always hear the Lord whenever he speaks. No matter your level of spiritual growth, no matter the frequency you are, you are at, when the Lord speaks, you will hear. Do you get? God spoke. Rock's head. Did you get that? So, how much more you? Why wouldn't you hear him? God spoke. Fish head. God spoke. Loves of bread head. How much more you? That has the spirit of God in you. So, child of God, your inability in court, put that word in court, your inability to hear God is not because of the differences in frequency. It's not because of the, the, the differences in spiritual realms. You have not just heard God in court again because you have not been able to discern. And you see, we grow in discernment as we pray more as we spend time more listen the first time that i i can personally decode that the lord actually spoke to me i was not even serious with the things of god but i heard his voice to the point where i actually wanted to run away from the room because i was alone in the room and i heard this audible voice and i was like somebody just spoke to me who is not in the room do you get so there is no way even if you are an unbeliever, there is no way God will speak. You will not hear. The only issue that might be there is that you may not discern it. You may not know that it's the Lord. For some people, it is just something that said something to them. Do you get? 
And you see, again, going back to Samuel, we learn something. That a believer that is so much conscious of the flesh will miss the voice of God when God speaks. Oh, I hate the voice. Did you call me? Were you the one that called my name? Did you get? That's one thing we learn about Samuel. Of course, the Bible clearly says Samuel didn't know the Lord. So, when a believer constantly lives consciously in the realm of the flesh, it will become difficult to discern when God speaks. Because, remember again, God speaks in whatever way. Sometimes it will just be an impression on your heart. Some different kind of feeling. You just feel joy about a certain situation. Telling you that, oh, there is victory. And because for you, your senses are so active more than your spirit, you just say, oh, the Lord is quiet about that matter. But the Lord has been speaking. He speaks in different ways. He speaks in different ways. And the beauty is that whatever way he chooses to speak, men will hear him. Men will hear him. So I want to urge you today that spend time with the Lord in prayer. Okay? If you want to grow in discernment, spend time with God in prayer. Pray in the language of the Spirit if you can. Okay? Pray in the language of the Spirit uh, regularly. You will discover that you begin to grow. Okay, because God will use you to discern, or to He will use you to minister to people just sometimes by impressions. You may be in a prayer meeting and you just feel maybe some level of discomfort, maybe in your hand, in your feet, in your eyes. And that's the Lord telling you, oh, there is somebody that has this experience. But if you are always uh, flesh conscious, you're like, ah, my hand is burning. No, that's the voice of God. That's the voice of God. So learn that God speaks and when he speaks, nobody, and I mean nobody, when he speaks to you, you will hear him. Nobody can actually say, oh, I've not been hearing the voice of God because God and I are indifferent. Unbelievers head. And you see, I, I am bringing out especially so Because now we're talking about the post-resurrection era where Christ is risen and so the Spirit of God is in men now. So now Paul is clearly an unbeliever because he has, ah, okay, for Moses and Adam and uh, the rest, God had no choice. They were not saved. Christ had not come uh, incarnated yet. But with so Christ has risen and so men have new life. So, Paul is clearly an unbeliever, but he heard the voice of God. So, how much more you, that is a child of God, why do you think you have to be in a particular spiritual frequency to hear the voice of God? Did you get me? So, the problem is not the frequency at which you are. The problem is the discernment. You've probably heard God countless times. You've probably seen God's voice. Yes, seen God's voice in visions countless times, in dreams countless times. And you just didn't discern. And let's, let me also make mention of this that, you see, because some people, especially when it comes to dreams, some people discard this and say it is a lower level of God uh, communication way. 
That's not true. Okay, that's not true. For example, look at Saul again. The first time he will hear God was the most graphic encounter that he had. Jesus appeared in a light to him. Later on, you will read that Paul had a dream. The Lord instructing him to go to Macedonia. The reverse happened. What a lot of people think is a higher realm of God's way of communications, visions, voices, came as the first way so heard the voice of God. And what people regard as the least method of communication by God came way after so had grown in the things of the spirit, the dream. So the fact that maybe you hear God or you have a lot of dreams that seem so divine does not mean that's your level. God has chosen to speak to you at that level. Discern, discern. Do you get? And, the, and some, for some people, it's not because God has just been speaking to you via dreams. It's just because you have not been able to discern every other way. Right? So I want to aid you as I round up. I want to aid you to spend more time praying. See, the more you pray, the more you become accustomed to his voice. There are times the Lord will just put an impression in my heart. And for some good reason, I will even tell the words that that impression is actually bringing. Do you get? I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you just feel a particular feeling. But in that feeling, you are able to tell the words. That that feeling, that I was brought that feeling. That's the voice of God. And that's what discernment does for you. So, spend more time with God in prayer, in meditation. See, you will grow in your discernment. And like Moses, you will not see or hear the voice of God and say, I want to see this. No, right from the very first start, you will discern, right? You will not need the Lord to tell you that it's me. Take off your sandals. You will not need an ally because you are growing in discernment. So, This is where I will end today's broadcast and I hope it's blessed you. I hope you've learned something and I hope you are going to take some steps to help yourself discern the voice of God. For any other thing that you will need clarity on, please feel free to reach out to me. Reach out to me. There's a provision in this podcast where you can send text messages or if you can, you can actually reach out to me on my Facebook, Gift Victor Kafunda. Feel free to reach out with your questions and your contributions. Thank you very much for listening to today's session. See you next week on Friday, 12 p.m. Central African time. God bless and do have a lovely week ahead.